All right, Justin, sing me a song that you've heard before, but you've more or less forgot the words to it. Hmm. A song that I have heard before. <laughs> uh, man. Um, that Barracuda song. <laughs> you better think of something quick. You like, oh, my knees. Oh, oh. Okay, there. I don't really know the words to that, but I guess now that works. <laughs> I mean, I really can't fault you on it. I have no idea what the lyrics are. I just know some about Barracudas. I don't even know what she's talking about. I mean, I don't remember what song or what I asked Heather last night, but she did not get a point last night. Oh. I think I asked her for like a boring song or something and she couldn't think of one, but I might as well warn you now. Cause I did warn Heather too, though. I listened to what you said on that episode. I wasn't on when Uh-oh. you guys attacked me <laughs> and there will she be a price to a... pay. No, come on, man. She got, she got two points. She you gave guys, herself two points. You come guys on. just sitting there. Thinking you guys can willy-nilly pass out points like that? Uh-oh. You can just sit there and, and go, hey, I'm the points master now. Like, it's fucking Captain, or whatever that fucking movie was with Tom Hanks. It was like, I'm the <laughs> points captain now. Uh-oh. That's not how this works. I'm a dictator. I rule with an iron fist. Just like Victor Von Doom. Uh-oh. It just makes me feel like I've been too kind and too merciful. It's just gotten too lax around here. You don't understand well, we the seriousness of the game. We haven't been we haven't even been accumulating that many points though. We've taken some L's here recently. Come on, man. You gotta let us have something. Man, I gave y'all bonus bonus points a couple of times, man. Why are my bonus points good enough? Why is that not <laughs> enough points? Man. Can I just blame this on Heather and not receive any of the punishment? Nope. Man. There will be punishment. And I already know what it is, too. Oh, man. No. It will happen on the Quiet Place 2 episode. No. Yep. Not a scheme. Oh, yeah. And this will be Why for a have... lot of points, too. Why does it have to be a scheme? If you can actually best me with it, you will have the opportunity to earn 35 points. No, th- my winning record, it's on the line. But if you lose, which I hate to break it to you, I'm going to warn you now, is almost the, the, the odds of you losing are almost just a scientific certainty. Oh, man. Because I may or may not be asking an impossible question. <laughs> man. But if you are able to best me, you will get 35 points. But the price of losing will be just as dire. No, just think I'm afraid. If you best me with it, that more or less ensures that you'll have a winning record for the rest of the year, if not longer. But if you lose, it also means you'll have a losing record for that same amount of time. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So just be prepared, Justin. 
Just start going through what you can in your head. Just think about what it could possibly be and see if you could just come up with something to best me by then. But on that uh, note, Heather. oh, you were, you were just as complicit in it. Don't even blame her. No, I, I was heard... going to say, man, I hope Heather's hope Heather braces herself for this. Oh yes. We're going to get it. I heard the betrayal and the jesting. Oh. I heard it all. But on that note, here's our song. Hey, Cinefans, and welcome back to another episode of the Cinema Slayers podcast. I'm Sterling, and as always, I am joined by Justin. No, Heather, because this is a return to mine and Justin's anime showdown, where I'm going to be watching anime to maybe change my mind and not think that anime sucks. This was a continuation on the previous one we did, where Justin challenged me to watch the three seasons of Castlevania, which I have stated before. Don't get me wrong. I'm not going to be watching three seasons of everything, but because it was Justin, it was our first one. I did it. So we are going to go ahead and do season four of Netflix's Castlevania. So with that, we will talk about, what we like, didn't like and everything in between. And hopefully Justin will eventually end up watching the one that I was other one I was challenged to. So then we could actually keep going with this series, even though it's been like a year and Justin still hasn't watched it yet. I know. So I need to get on that. <laughs> so hopefully we can keep going with that. And so with this, like I said, we will talk about what we liked, didn't like, and everything in between with it. We will go spoiler-free, recommendations and scores, and then go into a more spoiler-centric section. Once again, this is kind of a continue. This would mainly pretty much just be season four, because we already did talk about seasons one through three on the first anime showdown. So with that, Justin. What are your spoiler-free thoughts about Castlevania Season 4? Yeah, Castlevania. Man. Man, I thought this was tight, man. This this is, um, I mean, I already said it on the last episode of this that we did where we reviewed Season 1 through 3, but even, but even more now, I can say that I believe that this is the best adaptation of a video game to any kind of TV or movie or anything that I have seen. I mean, I thought that this wrapped up very nicely. If this is the end of Castlevania, which I know that developers and people are saying that this was pretty much the final season of the show. And I'm hearing rumors that there may be spinoffs or, and uh, there's a devil may cry rumor kind of floating around with some of the, people that worked on this which if they do devil may cry oh my god dante virgil and trish but anyway um no that this was this was really really good man and i mean i just loved like what they did with a lot of these character arcs and we'll of course get into specifics a little bit later but just i mean everything that they did with these characters i, I thought was really good i liked 
some of the full circle journeys that some of these characters took. I like the arcs that some of these, that that pretty much a lot of these characters had. Um, There are are characters that wind up in a place where you just didn't think they would wind up. And there are some surprises in this season that honestly, I did not see coming, but I'm glad that they came. You know, this, season also pays a lot of homages to video games in Castlevania lore, which I mean, all the seasons do, but this one more so, more so than any of them. I think I saw a lot of enemies from, and minions and imps and skull warriors and archers and stuff like that, that I just um, hadn't seen in some of the um, other seasons. So I just saw a lot of enemies from the game. Um, there are items and weapons from the the games that are um, th- that get introduced here and get used here. So I thought that that was cool, and I won't ruin it because it's kind of like uh, there's a whole story to it. And then there's one big familiar character that makes um, that 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 gets revealed throughout the series and man, I thought that it was a great reveal, and I think it was a worthy person to have added to this series. So I was excited about that. And then this, and then the animation, man, there are times where the animation in this season is just absolutely stunning. Like they really kicked it up a notch. And then the action sequences, there are just some that are just so wonderful and great. And seeing um, these characters fight with all these different powers and, and they just have such a way of ha- of choreographing these fights and how they sort of have these characters move about and how they each are kind of resourceful when they fight the resourcefulness of all these characters whether you're talking about Isaac or talking about Cypher everybody is just so resourceful and they fight in such unique ways that really accentuate their personalities and you really get to see that uh, throughout all the fighting in the series so it's definitely big on action and then when you, by the time you get to the finale and everything closes i think they really did try to give a completion to to every character it felt like every character got sort of a definitive end so if we don't have any more castlevania if this is the end of castlevania i was quite satisfied with where most of the characters um wind up in this now not all were treated equally and of course some some got a lot more screen time and a lot more development than other characters and you know this is just a series that i like so much that you know if i had any complaints it would just be i wanted more from those specific characters and we'll uh, obviously i'm trying to keep from spoiling anything here so more specifics to come but yeah like I was really impressed with this. I think they stepped up the animation. I think that the story was a little more interesting. I think the action was taken up a notch in this. And then whenever there was no action, what I think I appreciated the most is that when we weren't fighting, when we weren't throwing whips and using magic and throwing holy crosses at people, the, the, 
the narrative is very reflective. These characters are reflecting on why they're, what their purpose is and why they, why, what are they doing and are they in, are they caught up in some sort of endless cycle and what do they really want and things like that. And I just loved that about this series. Like every character feels like they're asking the right questions about who they are, where where they're going to go from here, and being either hopeful or being worried about what the future holds for them. And all of that just makes the characters feel more relatable. You you feel they're, they're tangible because of these uh, delicate things that the script allows these characters to do. The reflections that it allows these characters to have, I think, just really adds an element to them. So you're invested the whole time throughout every episode of the series so yeah uh bravo to everybody involved i mean and the voice acting was top notch in this everybody is so talented and everybody just sort of nails what they needed to um with every character so yeah i was very happy with this and if this is it for castlevania wow what a way to go out it goes out in epic fashion and i think um very satisfying for all the characters that are involved. Um, for the most part, I really enjoyed this season of Castlevania with one kind of big caveat that was very, very weird for me. And a lot of that had to do with outside of like the main, 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 main characters. And by that, I mean, Trevor, what's his name? Alucard. Yes. And, and you know, the magician lady. See, I don't even remember their names really. But outside of them, my problem was is I didn't really remember all the other characters because there's so many characters. And one of the problems is is these, it's like a blessing and a curse with this series because the episodes are half an hour long. So like a full season takes about five hours to watch. So it's very, very easily bingeable. But the problem is, especially with me, I binged all the first three seasons, like just back to back to back. We did an episode on it, and I haven't watched it since then. So this comes out, and I don't remember a lot of these characters. Like, I vaguely do. I remember some of them. Like, I do remember Isaac, because it's very hard to forget Isaac after what happened at the end of season three. Like, it's very hard to forget that sequence. (laughs) But yeah, I vaguely remembered Hector, as in I remembered his name. But I didn't really remember what happened with him. I, there was Carmela. I didn't really remember what she did. There were her other sisters, and I really didn't remember any of them. If it wasn't for the recap at the beginning of the, the season, I might have forgot St. Germain also. Uh, so a lot of that I just didn't really remember. But for the most part, I'm still able to make it through this season and not be completely, like, lost. Like, without going into spoilers, there's a fight between Isaac and Carmela. And me not remembering Carmela didn't hinder that sequence. It did hinder some of the stuff when it came to Hector and his part of the storyline, but it didn't, which obviously, though, the highlight of that is the Isaac Carmela fight. So I, I didn't, I wasn't lost with that. Um, I wasn't completely lost with Alec Hart's. Or Alucard, his what? What the fuck is his name? I wasn't really lost in his stuff. I did forget some of the details, but 
I wasn't completely lost in that. And so this was kind of just a weird, weird thing to go through because I didn't really remember everything. And to this show's credit, it still, for the most part, made it work. I didn't not enjoy this season because of that. So I will, I'll give it that credit that the storytelling and stuff like that is still good enough where even after forgetting parts, I'm able to still make it through the season and enjoy it for the most part. Uh, I didn't necessarily have all the same reactions as Justin did with some of the stuff. Cause I am also not that insanely well-versed in Castlevania outside of the old 2d platformers. Outside of that, I don't remember playing a lot of Castlevania. This is back when there supposedly was lore for these games, but I don't really remember it. You know, I know that at one point the Belmont you were playing as changed. I don't remember from (laughs) who to who. I think it might have been from Trevor to Simon. I don't know. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. And the only reason why I really remember Simon Belmont is because of was it the Captain N TV show where they had like the animated Belmont, Simon Belmont? Yeah. 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 That's why I remember Simon Belmont so much is that. But even then, I'm obviously still hazy that I'm getting those details right. Uh, I do, I did recognize some of the villains in this and some of the creatures. Um, I recognized that weapon he got, the, you know, the little spinny pointy weapon. Yeah. Is, isn't that a takeoff of the boomerang thing he had? Or is there? Yep. yep. Okay. That's what I yeah, was remembering, and I was just kind of hoping that's what that was. Yeah, they bladed it here, which is cool. But, yeah, that's basically the Holy Cross. Okay. So, good, good. Then I was yeah. remembering. And, like, that's what I thought it was. It was hoping that's what it was. Like, not just thinking they might have, like, you know, actually had a weapon like that, and I just didn't know. So that works, at least. Glad they had that. Um, yeah. And then the, the final secret villain, if you will, I know he's in the games. I don't remember much, but I remember he's in it. So that was kind of cool. There's some things I want to talk about with that, but like overall though, I do, I do think I enjoyed this. Well, I I don't think I do. I did enjoy it. And I want to go home, go ahead and go on and talk about spoilers. Cause I don't know, honestly, I don't remember enough to know, like, from the other three seasons to really know what's a spoiler and what's not. (laughs) I might say something, and then that'd be like, oh, that's a spoiler if you remember this from season two. And I'm like, oh, I didn't remember that. So, my bad. Um, So, yeah, let's go ahead and recommendations and scores. Jingle. Recommendations and scores. All right, go ahead, Justin. Hell yeah, I recommend it. Like I said, it's the best video game adaptation anything. It's it's tight, man. It's violent. It's bloody. It's it's got um but it's got great characters. They have good arcs. The dialogue is fun and entertaining and man, so many of the characters are quippy or you know, uh the the this is very adult. This is not your grandpa's Castlevania on the NES. You know, this is very adult. They 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 swear, they have adult conversations, they they do adult things. So 
and they deal with very adult issues and problems and existentialism and all this kind of stuff. So, I mean, I think uh, if you're looking for something like a more mature anime show, something that is going to be a little more grown up, a little more adult, but also it's going to have some familiarity with you, especially if you played the games and things like that. And I mean, it's Dracula, it's vampires. I mean, who doesn't like that shit? You know, I mean, I'm pretty sure if, you know, if I say vampires, I'm sure you've enjoyed some sort of cinema that has vampires in it. I don't care if you're a Nosferatu fan or a True Blood fan or Bram Stoker's Dracula fan or, I mean, anything, let the right one in, whatever, whatever. There's been vampire lore all through cinema i mean it it almost is just its own genre at this point it probably is already you know i don't know if there's that's official but i'm sure it's there so i mean and this to me is something else like if somebody had me list okay what are your favorite like what is your favorite media that involves vampires? This is now going to be on my list. I would definitely recommend this. I would definitely put it on my list. I think it's right there with some of the best like vampire lore stuff that I've seen, you know, as far as that being the, the crux of the story and the characters and stuff like that. I really think it's right there with some of the best stuff I've seen. Um, and like I said, this is the best video game adaptation. When people say that there is no hope for video game adaptations, this is the one that stands there and says, wait a second, we haven't all sucked because I sure as hell didn't. That this would be the one, this is, I call myself the living proof. Well, Castlevania is living proof that you can have a good video game adaptation that you can make some changes to the story, but still pay homage to the video game and still have compelling characters. If you're a real fan, you take it seriously. You really get some talented people on board and you do this damn thing. That's what Castlevania proves. So it's significant for not only just vampire lore stuff and media, it's significant for not only the video game aspect of it, but at the end of the day, it's just damn good. So yeah, I I highly recommend this show. We're going to go with, um, as a score, I guess I'll give the series a score and then, um, well, I'll give the score of the season and then I will give the series a score overall. So as far as this, uh, this season goes, I do think that this was one of the better, if not best season. I mean, I really liked season three. I really did. And man, season two was great too. See, this is so hard. Like this may have to be something I come back to. I don't know if I can say which one I think is the best right now. It's like really that close in my mind, but this was definitely a great season. So for the season score, we're going to go, we're going to go 95, um, 95 Trevor's swinging his leather whip as well as his chain Morningstar whip and doing 
awesome ass combos to these minions and night creatures out of a hundred. Yeah, this was really tight. And as a and as the series as a whole, I'm going, I'm going. We'll go ninety seven. Sad Dracula's wanted to destroy the the world. Um out of a hundred. I think this is an excellent series. It's good from top to bottom, from start to finish, and it ends in epic fashion. All right, that's gonna be a little tough to follow. Mainly because I don't remember what I gave seasons one through three as a score. Because I also don't remember seasons one through three that much. Um I mean, I'll say this. I do recommend watching it, especially if you've watched the other seasons. I would just suggest uh, rewatching them first. That may help a little bit. You might not end up in the weird predicament I was. Because once I started, it was too late. I couldn't go back. So, just not how I operate. But, uh, overall, I, I did like this season. There is a particular fight sequence in this season that we will talk about. Featuring one of what I, I feel like is one of the best characters in the show that I remember. And it was really great. It was very unique. I really kind of liked a lot of aspects of it. Uh, for the most part, I liked most of the fight sequences this season. I didn't really have any problems with any of those. I thought while there was a lot of similarities with some of the stuff, and I didn't always necessarily understand some of the characters' action choices in some of the scenes, they at least changed up kind of what was being fought enough to really kind of make it feel fresh. I don't know if I necessarily agree with Justin that this is like top tier, top epsilon vampire media because I never really had the desire. And I, I mean, I don't right now have the desire to even rewatch this again. I kind of feel like I would watch John Carpenter's vampires again before I'd watch this again. And I don't necessarily mean that quite as a dig. It's just, I think cheesy, shitty vampire media is a lot more fun to absorb. Like when you get in from in your from dusk till dawns and stuff like that. And John Carpenter's Vampires, even Dracula 2000 is weirdly fun because it really follows that that early late 90s early 2000s thing of everybody started to want to, like wanting to make their own version of a Blade movie. So it's dark edgy vampires with a lot of leather. And there's just something fun about that. It's just mindless fun shit to watch. And I think that that's one of the good things that about vampire media as a whole, you can have very serious stuff. You can have very cheesy stuff. You can have romantic stuff. You can have a vampire in Brooklyn. If you want, you can have a twilight. If you want vampires as a whole are very malleable to what you want them to be. You know, they can be grotesque monsters. They could also be misunderstood anti-heroes. They can be, love interests. They can be all these different things. And I do think that that's one of the unique fun things about them. That's true. That's very true. And it's funny because I completely fall on the other side of that. Like I like the more serious stuff, but it's like you said, they're so versatile that it can be either or. So yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. I mean, there's there's almost not a genre out there that we haven't gotten a vampire version of. I mean, and that's just what kind of makes vampires fun. Like, I love, like I said, I love those cheesy vampire kill fest movies. 
like from D- Dust Till Dawn is probably one of my favorite vampire stories. But it's also kind of why I like John Carpenter's vampires. Because it's just cheesy, let's go kill some vampires, that type of shit. It's why I like the Blade movies. It's why, like I said, I weirdly will rewatch Vampire 2000, or Dracula 2000, uh, with Gerard Butler. Um, you know, and that's one of the reasons why I think a lot of people gravitate towards the Underworld movies, is it's just sexy vampires in leather killing a bunch of shit. I get it. Not was, necessarily my cup of tea. I was just about to say that. <laughs> yeah, not my cup of tea, but I get it. I'm not going to really ever get mad at someone for wanting to see Kate Beckinsale in some leather. There are worse things out there you could want to see. I don't think there's much else worth seeing in those fucking movies. But, you know, it is what it is. Yeah, I mean, it is Kate Beckinsale. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's some tight black leather. It's I, I get it, you know. Uh. And the one thing I'll say about this is while it has vampires and all this other stuff, I do appreciate that this show doesn't get wrapped up in vampire lore. It it has its own lore. You know what I mean? Especially, like, I know, I know they spent time focusing on Dracula's lore, specifically in some of the earlier seasons. But outside of that, they don't just sit there and waste their time constantly going into vampire lore or this or that they just establish lore for the show its own universal lore and i appreciate that i kind of actually appreciated in this season when when uh trevor was like oh yeah i remember all this lore shit i was taught i just didn't give a fuck about it for so long but now that you know i've been in the middle of all this stuff for so long it's just kind of coming back to me i appreciated that because that kind of helped bridge the gap with kind of how deep in the lore they went this season, you know? But like I said, it's the show's lore. It's its universe's lore. It's not just vampire lore, you know? So I appreciated a lot of that. So I do recommend it. But like I said, just do yourself a favor and rewatch that stuff. And if you haven't seen any of it, just watch it. Go watch that. It's a good show. Um... I'm going to give this season an 85 monsters eating berries out of a hundred. And I, I'm going to, ref, I'm going to refrain from giving this, this, the whole show a score. Cause like, I, said, I feel like that'd be slightly unfair if I had to give it something though. I mean, without getting too deep into it, I guess I'll give it like as a show, I guess as a show, I'd give it an 85 because even when I did forget a bunch of shit, I was still able to enjoy the season which is a credit to the show, you know? So maybe if I remembered the other stuff, I'd give everything a better score. But I kind of have to be fair to where I'm sitting right at this moment. Um, Spoilers? Spoilers! I really loved Isaac. Yeah, Isaac, I think he might be my favorite character, honestly. See, we remember, we're, we're on the same page with that. I liked his story. Now, I don't remember all of his story going back to, like, season two and shit, but what I remember from season three, a lot of what I remember from season three is based around him. That fight sequence he had at the season three, I know we talked at length about it in the other episode, but that was fucking great. Oh, yeah. And even going back and watching Isaac do all of that from last season, yeah, it was great even on a rewatch. Oh, yeah, I bet. 
Like, it was a great sequence. And I'm not going to lie. His fight in this was my favorite one of this season. Oh, yeah. Him and Carmella, that was tight. Like I said, I really don't remember why he wanted to fight Carmella at all. I wouldn't have even remembered that was Carmella's name if you hadn't sent a group message in the group text, Carmella versus Isaac. I was like, oh, yeah, that was her name. But it was a great fucking fight sequence. Like, with all the blood everywhere and just how smart he was about it and picking and and choosing his moments to attack and his monsters attacking. And I loved that fucking demon thing he had with him. Oh, and here's just some video games fun facts about that character that you're talking about. The actual name of that character is Abel. And I believe he's from Castlevania Curse of Darkness. And typically in that game, there are these like summon-like characters, kind of like in Final Fantasy, uh, called familiars. And so basically you call upon them and basically they just kind of wreak havoc on your enemies and stuff like that. So now what's different about this is that here... Um, Abel was just forged by Isaac, so that's a change. But yes, that is actually a character cameo from the video games. So, so in the games, is he a familiar? So, is, is he top tier familiar? Yes. Okay. And as a matter of fact, you fight Isaac as a boss in that video game, and Isaac's familiar that he's using is Abel. So much like Carmilla had to do in this show, that's pretty much what you have to do in the video game when you fight him. Oh, see, that's good. I didn't know Isaac was from the games. Oh, yeah. No, oh, yeah. I, I had no idea. None. I thought they were, I legitimately thought they were new for the show. Um, I mean, that's cool. Uh, but, that, I mean, that was just... It was a very interesting way to do it. And just overall, Isaac's development. Like, I did not remember how Hector betrayed Dracula, but I remember he did. That's all I remembered. But I remembered how Isaac was like devout Dracula follower and then was like devout, I want to get my revenge on Hector for betraying Dracula. And then kind of just evolving past that. And the way they did it was just fucking incredible. Because I loved how they really showed how deep it went with his conversation with that night creature. Yeah, that was great with the night creature. You know, when that night creature's sitting there like, I'm a night creature. All I do is drink blood and eat meat. And he's like, yeah, but who says that's all you are? You know? And... When he gives him the berries and he's like, oh, I'm remembering things. And he's like, see, you're not dying from a berry. You can eat berries, you know. And I like how he even calls them tools. But then he's like, like, you know, it sounds like he then still looks down on night creatures. But then at the same time, he's like, but is that really all you are? You know, which is like, which is like that whole conversation just sums up Isaac's character journey. Throughout the the whole show, you know? Yeah, that's a good point because he was a tool just like what he was talking about, right? Like, it, it was really, it, it just makes me think about that whole 
analogy of the hammer, you know, how he was saying that a hammer can either fix something or it can destroy, right? And he always saw himself as a tool and he was being used to destroy, right? Like by Dracula and stuff. But I love how towards the end, he said that he saw himself as the hand, the person that decides whether the hammer destroys or makes things better. So it's just a great story about deciding his own destiny and purpose. And that's why I loved where Isaac arrived in this story. Yeah. And I like how when he was talking about how he hated humanity or how it had treated him, but then coming to the realization that that's not what actually defines him, you know, and that he can move past that, that he is above that because he is strong enough to rise above those feelings that were instilled in him for so long. And was that was the commonplace that he had found with Hector and also with Dracula. And just the fact that he was like all that. And like, I just loved whenever he walked into that room with Hector and he, you know, he had that vampire in the, that, you know, that laser cage thing or whatever to protect her. And Isaac just walks up to it and moves the laser bars aside with his knife. I was like, yeah, your shit means nothing to me anymore. And then like how by like talking to Hector, he was like, look, you don't have to be this anymore. I've evolved so much past that that I don't even want to kill you anymore. You know, I want to kill the person that was more responsible for what happened to Dracula with Carmela. And I'm assuming that just based on what we've talked about, because I really don't remember what she did to like betray Dracula or whatever, but that's all. But like, I know he blamed a lot of it more on Carmela. And so he wanted that because he also, I think looked at Carmela and realized that that was just kind of more of the same. It was just going to be more of the same world. And that's not the world he wanted to live in anymore. And that if Carmela got what she wanted, Isaac would be resolved. Like Isaac and people like Isaac would be resolved to be the same things again. And that that was no longer acceptable. And you, you, you stop that. So I really appreciated that. Plus, like I said, that fight sequence is so fucking good. Like at first, I wasn't really into it with the amount of blood that was there because I'm like, did she kill 97 billion fucking creatures to have that much fucking blood everywhere? But as the fight went on, it just fits so well that I stopped being bothered by that. Like when they would do those things where like she would move and slash shit and you would see like the blood being moved from the floor and you could see the floor where like the, the slashing motion had caused a break in the liquid and stuff and like moved it. It was so fucking cool. And then in the end, Carmela just saying, yeah, exactly. And like in the end, Carmela just saying, fuck it. And just killing herself. I liked that. I, like I said, I don't remember much about her character, but I kind of liked the whole idea of, yeah, I'm beaten, but fuck you. I'm killing myself. You don't get that satisfaction. I, I thought that was cool. Oh, and that line Carmilla said about, I'll be waiting in hell to see if you can die twice. And see, that's the great thing about this show that I really 
just love. Like, not only are you getting great fights, but it gives you all of these artistic touches, just like the blood on the floor that you're talking about. And it just created this unique visual for the fight. So, you know, it just makes that fight feel fresh. And so you're not just looking at a bunch of action, but there's also just like these visual things that you're looking at. So yeah, it it was very well done, just very well executed overall that fight with those two. Yeah. It's, it's very much along the same reasons why like in a lot of dance movies, they always dance in the rain or dance in the water. So you get those like effects of the water, you know, flying off of them while they dance. You kind of got the same thing, but a very vampire version of it, of, blood just flying everywhere because they were fighting in a just a pool of blood i was just in here thinking how much do these monsters fucking bleed yeah that was a lot of blood like how many did she murk yeah. before isaac got there i mean geez and i i really kind of appreciate it it really just shows who isaac is that even when carmella would get some of the upper hands in the fight isaac was prepared for it Like, at no point was Isaac really on the cusp of losing. And, but it's also, it's also very telling to how they told the story through the fight. Because, well, like I said, he was never really on the cusp of losing. It still felt like the fight had stakes. Like, at no point in that fight did I ever think Isaac was going to lose at all. But I still felt like there were stakes. You know, and that and that is a credit to the show. Yes, that is a great point, too. Like you essentially have two characters that are not main characters because I I mean, you know, I I think that it's just fair to say that Trevor, Cypher and Alucard are your big three characters. You know, that's the Batman, Superman and Wonder Woman. That's sort of the trinity of this story. But. Because you're so invested in even these side characters that aren't necessarily the main characters, for me, it sort of made me feel like that those characters could die at any moment. And really, since you still have your main three, it just left that possibility open that it could happen. So that's why I could picture scenarios where I could see Isaac winning and um, reaching sort of that cathartic moment in his life where he realizes what he needs to do. But I could also see a situation where Carmella wins and then has to ultimately go up against the big three. So for me, since either of those scenarios could play out, it just made that fight seem more dire it's it felt like it gave it more stakes to me because it felt like either one of those characters could die and you would still have the narrative of the main three to focus on you know what i mean i think maybe i could have thought that about carmilla if it wasn't known this was the last season you know what i mean knowing this was the last season i knew that it was to me it felt obvious they wanted to finish her storyline which is fine like, you know, you don't want to just leave a bunch of storylines open. Like, they wanted to finish her storyline, but also finish Isaac's. And I, to finish Isaac's storyline, he has to live. You know what I mean? You can't have him die 
at that point, you need that resolution of him winning and helping create the world he's talking about living in. You know what I mean? So, like, that's just why I think I felt that way. If it was not, like, if they were like, oh, this is just season four, it's not the last one, I would have totally agreed with you then. I think I would have felt more like Carmella had a chance to win and show up again and be a more, like, reckoning of a force for the main characters. You know what I mean? I just knew at that point in the season, knowing it's the last, it'd be irresponsible as a storyteller to then try to then shove in all the storylines that they were already moving towards with, with Steven and Alucard and Cypher, and then also throw Carmella into it. You know what I mean? And so, yeah, when it comes to Isaac, I could, I could see maybe um, if he did die there, maybe you could have had his arc in with him kind of realizing, you know, maybe I shouldn't have even come here. You know, maybe uh, that me thinking that I could have been some someone who fixed things, some, the hammer that fixes things. If I could have, I could have been somebody who made this world a better place. Perhaps that would have been a better path for me to follow. So you still could have had like, even if he, that character dies, I think he could still arrive to the same conclusion that that would have been the best path for him to make. And you still could have completed that character, but that's the only argument I really have for that. But, but, but no, given where the, the series goes and what they actually wind up doing with the main characters, I think that they made all the right decisions. And yeah, it was a good decision to ultimately end Carmilla here and finish, uh, Isaac's arc strong because I mean, and I preferred it this way anyway, because he was such a strong character and he was so interesting. Like with all these rumors about spinoffs and stuff like that, man, I would love to see a spinoff about his story. Like that's a character where I feel like he could be the main character and I would be just as invested, but you know, but I guess that's just me. I love that character. <laughs> no, I get it. I think, you know, I know they're talking about spinoffs. And unless they're just going to do a spinoff that just takes place in the world with all new characters, if they are going to have characters from the show be like a character in a spinoff, the only one I really want to see is Isaac. Because I think if you get into any of the other main characters or anything like that, that's just season five, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So all the only one I want to see do a spinoff is Isaac. And even if they just do a spinoff and say it is new people and all this other stuff, but say they continue on Isaac's story. I'm fine with that too. I just want to see more Isaac. Yeah. He was great, man. Just a really great character. Great growth. Yeah. And then so so with all this, like if getting into the actual main character story and all this other stuff. My only problem with some of that stuff is, like, I really kind of feel like with Cypher and, I mean, with Cypher, Alucard, and, and Simon, or in, in Trevor, they kind of just, I feel like a lot of times had them doing too many of the same moves all the time. And then, like, also make weird decisions. Like, there was one fight where uh, Trevor was just using his sword. And I'm like, why didn't he bust out the whip? Like, 
I don't feel like it would have been a fight if he had just like gotten the whip out. You know what I mean? So yeah, we... that did happen. And I was even asking, did he lose his whip? I, I, I was like, did I miss something? Because, yeah, he was just using a blade in one of those fights. I, I noticed that, too. Yeah, and then he pulled out the whip, and it, I felt like then it got knocked away. But I'm like, why didn't you do that from the beginning? It's infinitely more effective than this right now. Especially when this monster's all up in your face the whole damn time. You know? And then, like, and then I didn't understand, like, later on in that other fight, when he busted out his regular whip instead of the chain one. Like, that made no sense to me. And then, like, I felt like Alucard was doing, or Alucard was doing the same thing over and over again. Like, a lot of his moves just ended up feeling, like, the same over and over again. But, like, his sword would fly around, and he would dash around, and this and that. And, like, and like I said, Cypher, they just kept having her do the same things over and over again. And then when she was, like, finally would get to the point, then she would use, like, lightning and stuff. I'm like, so many of these fights would have been better off if you just did lightning at the beginning. You know, and so I didn't, I wasn't always on board with a lot of their stuff. I did feel like, like, especially towards the end when it was like fight after fight after fight, I felt like so much of it was way too similar to other shit we had seen before. And, and also this season, I, maybe I just don't remember enough of the other seasons. It felt also like we were getting so many more fights this season than we did in previous ones. Like, Every time I felt like every time Trevor and, and Cypher were on the screen, it was like a fight every time, like just constantly, like it's a fight. This is a fight. This is a fight. And I know part of that was to show their storyline of it just being that constant thing. Like they're just constantly falling into this. But like when you're also kind of pigeonholing them with the way they're fighting every time, all the time against the same type of creatures over and over again and stuff. Some of those elements did start feeling a little stale towards the end. Now, at least in the last couple of episodes, I'll say this, they were getting different types of villains, and that made it more intriguing. Because for a while, it just felt like it was, oh, big brooding monster and big brooding monster over and over again. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, yeah. in some of those fights, I can see that they were doing quite a bit of fighting. So, yeah, there was um, definitely a, an abundance of it. Um, but I thought that the her using the lightning and stuff like that was a nice touch, adding kind of an element to what she was doing. She used a lot of fire and ice at the same time as well. So I thought that that was another thing that was kind of interesting about it. Like it, it felt like in the earlier seasons, you know, sometimes it was ice and then other times it was fire, but normally she would pick one and just kind of go. What I did like about her is that they did show how she was really becoming a master of using them both because there was one time where half of this hand was ice and this hand was fire and she was shooting this guy over here with fire but blocking this guy over here with ice and then I want to say one time she like there was an ice palette or something that she had made and then she like did something with the fire to make it yeah that's right she made all of these like ice spears or whatever and then she um 
ignited it with her flame somehow, and they shot out and went into a guy um, and stabbed him all up. So I, I thought that I thought that she was doing a lot of interesting shit. Actually, I, I, I saw differences, and maybe that's just because since I watched all of this close together, I saw the evolution of her fighting style beyond just the lightning. There was really a mastery of using all the elements simultaneously, which she hadn't done in the first three seasons. Yeah, that's a very real possibility that I don't remember that aspect of it and see it as an evolution. As much as in this season, I just saw more, like almost every fight was just more the same shit throughout this season. You know what I mean? So you you might very well be onto something, but that the, there is an evolution. I just don't really remember the specifics of it. Therefore, in this season, her using the elements together and stuff like that, I just felt like was completely throughout this season and just felt like it had been like that for a while because of how much it happens in this season. Because it really is almost beginning to end them fighting every other scene they're in. Yeah, they were fighting a lot. And that also might be the reasoning behind them using so many different weapons and introducing different weapons and stuff like that. I, I you, you get the sense that maybe they knew that there was going to be a lot of fights with um, Cypher and Trevor. So that was probably an attempt to... To make them seem more interesting. Okay, we'll introduce the Holy Cross and then you'll see so that way Trevor can throw that around and cut up multiple enemies and stuff like that or ricochet it off of something. And Or this fight, he's just going to use his sword. Or this fight, he's going to have the leather whip. Okay, this fight, he's going to dual wield the leather whip and the chain whip, which I just thought that was so badass. I was like, fuck yeah, dude. But maybe that's two is another reason reason for why they made all of these choices they were trying to give these fights a different flavor and you know that's why cypher started using the lightning so i got the sense that they knew that they were going to have a lot of fights and that was pro- all of those choices were probably attempts to spice it up so to speak but but either way i guess it was still too often for you which is your point but i, I see what they were trying to do yeah, and then, like, with some of that stuff, like, I kind of wish they had delved into more of that whole underground court slash dead king and queen. Like, going into that a little bit more and all this other stuff, and I just think that that would have been interesting to expand upon that, you know. But it just almost it was one of those things to where there were times in this series where it very much became evident that they were just like, they were just more or less ramping up for this thing to end. You know what I mean? Like, nope, we're just going to keep it going because this is end time. And <laughs> I I did like that little that little twist at the end when you had that vampire Varney, you know, doing all this stuff, which I had to go check because I was like, do I just not remember this character? No, he's new in this season. So I was like, I felt a little better. But like, I did kind of like the fact that then he transforms like he was actually just death the whole time. Because he seemed rather useless, but that was the point. Yeah. Yeah. I thought he was useless, too. And I was like, man, I'm not really feeling this guy. You know, this Varney guy. I wasn't feeling him either. And I was like, man, you know, I... 
I don't know. I don't like this character. He seems kind of useless. He just seems like somebody that the moment one of the main characters gets to him, he's just going to be dead. Like, I, I just felt like I was like, okay, this guy, he's kind of annoying me, and I just don't see the point of him. Yeah. And then when it was revealed that death was him and was kind of manipulating certain characters and stuff like that, using that as a guise, I was like, Okay, that's tight. <laughs> if you're going to have a character feel useless and and immediately have him be meaningful in the end, that's how you do it. <laughs> that was tight. I mean, yeah, I was intrigued because, like, I knew there had to be something else because the character was fucking voiced by Malcolm McDowell, you know? So I was like, there has to be something, but I just didn't see it being that. You know what I mean? Like... I just knew there had to be something else to the character, though, because I'm like, why the fuck would you have Malcolm McDowell voice this character? It makes no fucking sense. And then whenever they did the transition and he's death, I'm like, oh, yeah, no, that makes complete sense that that's what it was. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Because Malcolm McDowell does a great death voice. Oh, go ahead. I was just saying Malcolm McDowell does a great voice as death. Yeah. Yeah, he was... He was very convincing. I like, man, I loved everything about death when he was revealed. I love the look of him. I like how whenever Trevor's having that, um, looking at that statue of him earlier in the show, that was like the original character design, just the Grim Reaper look, you know, with the cloak and all of that stuff. But I loved his design, at the end there, like when he fully came to life and the scythe with skull comprised of skulls like that, he just had a very neat character design, I thought. Oh, no, I like that because then like you get that element of he looks a lot like what you would think death would look like, but different enough to where you would understand why, like Trevor was saying, that people needed to, you know, make something to you know, put a face to the unexplainable and like that they did a real, like they did a version of him, but like just the idea that people like really couldn't grasp what he truly looked like, truly looked like. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but my only problem with death was the fact that like, just on based on what we had seen in the show, like how much Trevor had had problems with other creatures and stuff like that. I found it a little weird that he handled death very well. <laughs> like he was very pro like, yeah, he did. Ha- you know, it wasn't like he just like flawless victory to him, but like you would feel like death would be just outmatch him based on things we had seen. So, I mean, and that's just your typical fucking I'm the hero and this is the final boss. You know, they always rise to the occasion in the middle of it every time. But like, It just felt a little weird that, like, (laughs) 10 minutes before that, he was having trouble with, like, a witch. And then now he can beat death. Yep, man. Those heroes and their their ability to rise to the occasion. Well, it was a good thing he had that dagger, too. Otherwise, uh, yeah, he'd have been screwed. But, yeah, that dagger kind of helped. Well, that dagger (laughs) with that random gem he just happened to find that gave it death-beating abilities. Yeah, and all he and he didn't really and they didn't really go into that enough. He just kind of said, "Well, this is stuff that's kind of familiar to me." It was that same kind of, "Well, I know of these things, but I forget kind of what 
it, it was like he vaguely remembered that 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 he recognized that stuff but they didn't really go into it enough to for you to know i mean i guess it had some like alchemists like properties and stuff like that because they were all kind of using stones and using kind of stuff to do alchemy and all that stuff that was prevalent in the show so it's not like it's total bullshit but yeah it would have been nice if we had gotten a sense of what that dagger actually was or what other than just an ancient weapon that he uses i mean because the cross the holy cross got him more of an explanation than that did but that seemed pretty pivotal if you're gonna beat death with it so yeah it would have been nice yeah and i did find that explanation kind of funny though when she was like yeah but the holy cross wouldn't work on somebody like in another country and he's like, oh, it has nothing to do with it being a cross as much as, like, a symmetrical shape just kind of fucks with a vampire. I was like, oh, that's kind of funny. Yeah. Like, that's that just, like a, like, a nice little explanation in this. But, yeah, like, outside of that, we had seen him put that jewel in that dagger, and it lit up like a flashlight. And then as the show was going on, I was like, when the fuck is that going to matter? And then as soon as he started death, I was, like, fighting death. I was like, please don't do it. Don't have it all of a sudden come back right now. And it did. I mean, I get <laughs> it. it. I get why they do that. Don't get me wrong. It's not like, you know, it's abnormal or just something unique to this show that they would have that convenience point jump in. But it was just one of those things that I'm like, of course, it's going to be this now. And I mean, and the fight was cool. Don't get me wrong. The fight was a very cool fight. Like, I really liked how he was using the whip to just constantly hit death in the face while he was fighting him. But like... It was just one of those things, like I said, it's just very much your heroic storytelling of, you know, this guy could get, you know, barely be able to beat a level 10 boss. And now he's going up against a level 90, but it's like, nope, I can rise to the occasion now because it's my destiny. Why wasn't your destiny to beat the other fucker very handily then? Like, why is your destiny to struggle against a mid-level boss, but just hold your own completely against the final boss. It's just, yeah, like I said, that convenience factor all of a sudden. It's just, I mean, it really is like, if you think about it, like going back to like the Mortal Kombat movie we just watched, like Liu Kang had trouble fighting Cabal, but we're just like, yep, he's going to beat Shao, like Shao Kahn though. He's going to beat Shang Tsung, but Cabal's just a little too tricky. It's the same principle. Don't get me wrong. It's this, it's not unique to this show. And it's, you know, but at least the whole point of the Castlevania series is to be heroic tales. It very much is to be your European heroic tale. So at least yeah. it fits the genre it's going for. That's true. And one big difference between something like this and Mortal Kombat is character motivations. Like Trevor is a very complex character in this because like, and I think that's what the difference really is. There's motivated Trevor and then there's Trevor. Whoa, it's me. I don't really want to do this, but I'm doing this because I have to kind of Trevor. Um, So I will say that by the end. And so like, as they're going through this journey, because they have been fighting, hordes and other characters and minions and night creatures for like six weeks straight so him and cypher weren't a hundred percent they they 
talked about that constantly, how they were hurting, they were sore, they hadn't had a chance to rest. So some of it was that. But by the end of the series and by the end of that point in Trevor's arc, he had realized what his purpose was. He had understood what he had to do and he understood but it wasn't just what uh, i have to kill death but it was also like he was ready to go in that moment because he had sort of he was that was the most motivated he had ever been in a fight you know that was at that point he was sure about what he was doing he was sure about his destiny he was like i have to do this and this has to be me and i'm sure of this and if i die here I will have died for the right reason. And Trevor was never like that the entire series. So one thing I will give this is that when you tell the right story, you develop a character directly, then yes, you can do the stereotypical hero thing. It's not about what's done. It's about us understanding why it's being done. Like, and if the character motivations are where they need to be, then I can let Trevor beat death when uh, earlier he couldn't beat so-and-so because I know at this point that's the most motivated driven he ever was to beat anybody was at that point when he was fighting death and you know he kind of said so in his monologue so that's one big difference I'll give that and something like Mortal Kombat where you get none of that shit and then Liu Kang is also not able to beat Cabal so I will give it that at least, you know. No, I get what you're saying. My point is just like, it's the destined fight storyline. You know what I mean? Like Liu Kang, we all know. I mean, maybe it's going to be different in these movies, whatever. But in the video games, we know like, according to the lore, Liu Kang is destined to beat Shang Tsung. Liu Kang is destined to beat Shao Kahn, you know? And ultimately, that's kind of how this was, is like, Trevor was destined to beat death. Like that was his, uh, you know, like what his family's destiny was like, that's what all of it was meant for was to lead up to that penultimate moment. And I'm not, I don't mean that as like, he should just beat death and like lived, which we'll get into that in a second, but like at least to fight death and beat death, even if it killed him, you know what I mean? That's what his yeah. motive, you know, that's what his destiny was. And the purpose of his life, if you will. And I'm not, I don't mean that solely like that's all it was, but like that's what finally, I guess, gave his life purpose at that point. Because we do find out that like Cypher's pregnant. And so it's like, well, the kid might grow up without a father, but it'll grow up in a world that'll be safe for the child. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And so that works like that. Um, how did you feel about Trevor being alive ultimately at the end? And the explanation given for why it happened? Um, honestly, I would have been fine with him dying. I thought that that was, I was, I thought that maybe he was dead. Um, and, and I know that the baby that Cypher's having is Simon Belmont. So I was like, so I was glad that that, that they, that they established, look, that's happening. And I thought he was dead. I was like, damn, man, he died, but he did that shit. You know, he got that, he got that shit done. And then whenever he came back. It was, I mean, it was nice. I, I didn't, 
hate it or anything like that. I was just like, oh, he's alive. And then I was like, well, how did he survive that? It looked like everything just blew up. And then the whole thing about, like, at the last moment, didn't he say something to the effect of, like, uh, the corridor... St. Germain, right? Like yeah, Saint his Germain last dying op- effort. Had opened up the, the doorway to the, the the forbidden temple or whatever the fuck it was called. Yeah. So he was able so he was able so essentially the corridor he got through and then the corridor just spit him out there. Or I guess Saint Germain made sure because at that point Saint Germain could control it. He made the sacrifices. He could control it. And so he spat Trevor out there. And I was like, okay, okay. <laughs> the hero survives. Okay. Got it. But I, it didn't, I didn't hate it though. I mean, but I would have been fine with him dying and it just ended kind of sad, but Cypher still deciding to stay with Alucard. Cause that's where it looked like it was going. She was going to go ahead and stay. And I would have been cool with that too, you know? So, yeah. That's kind of how I felt about it. it I get it, it was a bit cheesy, I guess, but I still like the dialogue, though, when when he was on the ground and she was like, you know, I love you. And he was like, I know, which is that a Star Wars? What didn't that happen in Star Wars or Star yeah, Trek so or something like that? That's exactly what happens with Leia and Han when he gets frozen in crypt or in carbonite. That's exactly that's what happens. right. Yeah, I love you. I know. I knew I knew it was one of them. So I guess that was homage to that, I guess. So I guess the the creators are fans of Star Wars. But that was kind of funny. And then when she dropped him and said, Somebody come and kill this man, I laughed. So they were charming enough to where I think you kind of got away with that at the end. But yeah, I would have but I think it would have been cool if he died. I, I would have preferred if he had died. Not because I have anything against the character. I just think it's a better story if he died. You know, I just mm-hmm. think it's it's more meaningful. It's more sacrificial. I just, I think that that's just a better way to end it. And when he came back, I was like, oh, Jesus. But at least he was still very much Trevor when he came back. Of like, yeah. oh, no big <laughs> deal. I just survived death. And I'm still going to be a gigantic smartass. <laughs> So I yep. at least appreciate it because like you said, it added that little element of humor to it when she's like, somebody come kill this man. Cause fuck him. Like <laughs> yeah. I, that was kind of funny. You know, <laughs> I just, like I said, I think it would have been better if he had died. Cause I just think it's it, it, story wise. It's very also convenient that as soon as she's about to leave and he's like, no stay. Cause I'm making Belmontville or whatever the fuck he's calling it. And she's like, maybe I will stay here. And then he shows up. Yeah. I was like, oh, at that conversation, they couldn't have gone one week later. Then he shows up. No, they just right in the middle of that conversation. He's just like, yep, I'm alive. I'm like, ugh. I mean, it, it is what it is. It's, it's one of those common tropes that they do it because you almost have to. Like, that's just what these stories do. For better or worse, that's what these stories do. So you do it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. 
And maybe they were just kind of like, I get the sense that they were just kind of like, you know what? We're not going to come back to this. This is the last season. So screw it. Let's just give these characters happy endings. Let's just end it happy. It's been sad and hella death and all this, (laughs) you know, all this talk about what am I doing in the endless cycle. And, you know, in season three, you had that, uh, that kind of, uh, he's he wasn't a sinister a senator, but that that leader of that town, and then you know he's helping them, and then you find out at the end he was killing kids and had a collection of kids' shoes in the closet, and you know this shit has been hella grim. You know you got Alucard and had to watch his, you know, his mother was burned at the stake. He had to kill his father. Then two people, you know. gained his trust and basically used his body and had sex with him and tried to capture him. I mean, this shit has been hella bleak. You know, this shit has been hella dark. So maybe they were like, what the hell, man? Let's just let it end happily. Let's just let the heroes win. Let's just let some characters be reflective and be like, you know what? Maybe we just shouldn't be on all this war shit. Maybe I just shouldn't want to destroy everything. Maybe I should try to be a better person. I feel like they were just like, you know what? We started with this shit has been hella dark for three seasons. Let's end it on a light note. And so I don't know. I kind of like it, man. I kind of like it, you know? No, I get that. I mean, it's one of those things, like I said, is it slightly annoying? Yes. But does it overall detract from, like, the rest of the show? No. You know, like you said, maybe that is the reason. They were like, you know what? Fuck it. We're ending this, so we're ending it happy because we like these characters because we've been working on them for four seasons. You know, I get it. That's fine. Um, How did you feel about Dracula and his wife randomly being resurrected again? Yeah, so, I mean, I'm assuming that when they were brought back and put in that ultimate alchemy hermaphrodite body or whatever i guess when that shit went awry and that was broken i guess they still were technically out so they stayed out i'm not really sure how they um well obviously they were summoned out so they so they were out and they were in that body being meshed together but when that all went to shit i'm just imagining you were still left with the soul like you were still left with the bodies i mean that's all i could assume is that they were is that once they got out they were just out and since they weren't completely transferred to that body they just remain out i mean that that's the best i could draw from it uh i i, I did not expect that to happen now that was definitely unexpected i didn't expect it to go to them and then be like well yeah sure we'll tell our son eventually but you know we ain't got to tell him now let's just enjoy our time and be discreet and everything like that and uh, again that that's why this kind of felt like they were like you know what we're just gonna give all the characters we liked a happy ending of some sort uh that was, um, but I don't know, man. Dracula killed hella people, man. He hella, I mean, and, and we understand why. I get it. He was hurt and stuff like that. But 
He killed hella people, man. So I don't know. I'm kind of conflicted about that. Like, on one end, I'm like, you know what? It's cool that he will get to live his life with his with his wife because he did try to change, and she did change him, and he did try, and, you know, this, uh, the, 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 that it's a good ending for that character in the sense that, in the sense of the tragedy that kind of, turned him into a madman. But the other half of me is like, well, he killed all those people and, you know, our heroes had to kill him. And the whole point of the game is killing Dracula and stuff like that. So is it, is it a good thing that he lives and gets to be happy? So I'm conflicted, man. I was kind of half and half on that one, to be honest with you. I mean, I think it goes with your theory, though, of them just saying, fuck it, they're all getting happy endings, because even Dracula got a happy ending at the end of the show. Yeah. <laughs> That's what it felt like. Like, they were just like, everybody's going to, we're just going to end it happily for everybody. We're just going to, the ones the main you mainly were invested with that we think people were invested in and care about, they're all going to get happy endings. And that's kind of what it got. You know, they, 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 they pulled an Oprah, but with, (laughs) they pulled an Oprah, but with happy endings, you get a happy ending, you get a happy ending, you get a happy ending. That's what it kind of (laughs) was. If you think about it, but yeah, I, that was the one Trevor I was cool with, but that, I was conflicted because I was like, well, he still, I, I, I just couldn't help but think to myself, he killed all those people, though. <laughs> they went to the castle to stop him. Oh, exactly. You know, you know, so I feel like it undermines that a bit, you know. So do you got any other thoughts about this, this season, Justin? Nah, I am good. Oh, oh, one more thing. The one sister. That, um, oh, I forget her name, Ifrit or something. It's not Ifrit, but the, the, the one sister, the, the soldier, Carmilla's sister, when she put on the armor and she had that big sword, didn't she kind of look like Nightmare? Oh, she like, looked just I, like Nightmare. Dude, I was like, okay, somebody likes Nightmare because that had to be an homage to nightmare. And then when she was swinging that sword or whatever, I was like, I, I, I popped for that. Cause all I could think about was nightmare. And there are armored like minions and vampires and stuff like that, that you do fight in the game. So who knows that maybe that was an homage to something in the game, but I totally saw nightmare and I was hoping you would say the same shit. So yeah, anyway, that was tight, but that's it. That's all I got. Yeah, and with that, with her and that other sister, too, I did think it was weird how their storyline ended with them just going, ah, shit, that cast, our castle's under attack. Let's just go somewhere else. And that's just how their storyline ended. They just went, nah, let's not go. Let's go somewhere else. It's fine. Yeah, they were just like, because, I mean, they had the conversation before where they were having second thoughts. So you were like, okay, that's going to go. That's going to go somewhere. Is there going to be a confrontation with Carmilla? You know, where are we going with that? And yeah, when, when the, when the, when, it, when she was being attacked and they were like, man, you know, we, I felt that Carmilla's dead or whatever. And they were just kind of like, well, do we want to fight? Um, no, not really. I was like, damn. Okay, then. <laughs> 
you know, okay, we're not, they're, they're really just not going to do this. And, and I guess I get it from a story standpoint, like they never really completely seemed on board with Carmela, and they definitely weren't on board when she started talking about, I'm going to take over the world. We can take over the world. I, it, it was too much for them. And I got that. But yeah, the split decision to not fight, like in the middle there, when you got soldiers and stuff like that, I, do, I mean, they're loving sisters. Do they do that? You know, do they just, are they okay with that? Maybe, but yeah, it was a bit of a stretch, wasn't it? It did feel like a stretch. Like, would you just, like, be okay with your sister dying like that? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, yeah, they just said, fuck it. They were like, man, our family home's under attack. What's over there? And just went somewhere else. (laughs) And like I said, never to be seen from again in the series. Maybe they're the characters of the spinoff. Who knows? They just they just went, you know what? I want a cheeseburger. Let's go over here instead. Yeah. Like it's just all we need is each other. Just the two of us. Yeah. Just the two of us. <laughs> but all right. So this concludes our second episode, our second annual episode of Anime Showdown. Hopefully we will do these more than just on an annual basis. Um, Justin. So which is funny because you're the anime fan here. I know. You would think that's I hilarious. would not have to push you to watch more anime, Justin. I know. That's that's what's so ironic and hilarious about this. <laughs> but on that note, thank you guys for listening to this episode of the Simple Slayers Podcast. Check us out on the internet at www.simpleslayers.com or Facebook where we're Cinema Slayers Podcast or Twitter and Instagram where we're Cinema underscore Slayers. Uh Special shout out to Plug Migo and Mundo Cho for our music and logos, respectively. And, you know, if you can give us a five star rating review, we'd really appreciate that and it really help us out. Tell your family, tell your friends, especially tell your mothers, especially tell your friends that are mothers about this because they will definitely love me. And just remember, according to Justin, Moon Knight is the best picture winner. Oh, yeah. And what was up with not enough music from the game? Come on, guys. There are so many great Castlevania tracks. Bloody Tears, Stalker, I wouldn't have even known that. So there you go.